0: The Yak Legion Podcast and the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast are sponsored by the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. You can reach them at buckeye BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com. Strictly Sail in Blue Ash, Ohio. Reach out to Brian for all your Hobie needs at 513-984-1907 and American Tackle Company. You can find them at americantackle.us.
1: Come and join me and me All across the land, come share all your stories. Tell us where you stand. We can all make a difference in this world that we love. So come and catch your fever. You're not beautiful. What's all in that we we the middle of
0: you're listening to the Yak Legion Podcast. I'm Zach Carell here with Christian Highfield. And tonight we have the YouTubers dome life uh cody and kelly so i've been watching youtube a lot lately with the coronavirus going on and uh you know just kind of bored around the house and i've been watching thinking about camping a lot we had the waterborne camper on a few weeks ago and um camping's been on my mind and i'm kind of excited to to get out there and do the kayak tournaments and start camping again so i figure we do another camping episode here and uh here we go so cody and kelly how's it going guys
2: good how are you
0: Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Uh, you can check out their YouTube channel at Dome Life. So how'd you come up with the name and how'd you... Uh, what what made you guys start your YouTube channel exactly?
2: Uh, so I I came up with the name, I guess. Yeah. Um, we ha- we've been watching YouTube for a couple years. So we watch a lot of van lifers and we decided... We wanted to find more camping videos. We really couldn't find a lot of camping videos that were, I guess, what we were looking for. Well,
3: we wanted people to go on the journey of and the adventures with us on our camping vlogs, and we noticed that the van lifers did a great job, but all the campers would just show their gear or mm-hmm. we're we're talk really about sure. campground, campgrounds, but they didn't actually show you like what it was like to camp yeah. and be with them on these adventures. Uh, the name came from the fact that we sleep in a dome tent every weekend or when we go across country, we're constantly in a dome tent.
2: Anytime we travel, we're usually, we're always in our tent.
3: Yeah. But the first 10 years Kelly and I were together, she never camped a day in her life. I couldn't get her to go down a dirt road. And then our anniversary in 2016, I said, please, please, please let us go to this creek. And uh, just hang out, and then she got addicted, and we've been camping almost every weekend except for heat advisories, bad weather, bad weather, and that's about yeah. it, really. The rest yeah. of time, we're camping now.
0: <laughs> so, before you guys start recording and start doing the vlogs, uh, I noticed you guys are in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, did you guys mainly stick to camping around your state, or um, did you travel a lot before your YouTube channel?
2: um not really we We didn't really go out west until after
0: yeah uh
3: it went the first 2016 was all arkansas 2017 we decided hey this looks really affordable let's go camping down in florida at the beach Mm -hmm. then we realized that we saved
2: well what's crazy is that prior to that i had not been to the beach in probably like four years you know because it's like it's really kind of expensive, even if you go to Gulf Shores or Pensacola. A lot of people go, you know, to the Gulf. And you're talking about for one week, if you rent a condo, you're talking about three thousand dollars for a week. Mm-hmm. And so when I found this campground, uh, we ended up going for four days. It was like four hundred dollars, and that was paying for the campground. We went out to eat twice. We went to the grocery store.
3: That's uh, fuel as well. Yeah, that's yeah, everything.
2: It was super cheap.
3: So, and that's what spurred us to start going out west. Well, we went one time to Glacier National Park, Montana. And this uh, was and
2: before we vlogged.
3: Before we vlogged. And then when we got back, that was 2018. When we got back during January, February of 2019, we were sitting there. And that's when we started watching the vlogging channel. It was like, man, is there anybody camping and doing what we're doing? And we didn't see a single soul doing it. And that's when we started the YouTube channel.
0: Wow, man. So it seems like you guys really enjoyed camping, but really didn't start traveling a whole lot until you started your YouTube channel. And obviously that uh, has garnered more viewers for you. Uh, I noticed that uh, some of your older videos have have less views, but then your newer videos, when you guys do more traveling, it seems like your video quality has gotten a lot better, and uh, you you guys are getting a lot of followers, and uh, good job on that. Um, It's hard to be noticed on YouTube. Uh, I know I have a YouTube channel. Christian here has a YouTube channel. And you guys are doing real well. Um, Still small compared to some of these Titans on YouTube. But you guys (laughs) are getting up there. And I I find you guys entertaining to watch. Um, I noticed you guys do a lot of river cleanups as well. uh, River and trail cleanups. Um, How did you guys get involved in that? How did all that start? Well,
3: whenever we started camping... We just had the logo just for Facebook and Instagram content. We would share pictures with people, places we were going. While we were going out, we started realizing that there's a lot of trash in these national forests and waterways that nobody's getting. A lot of people do trash pickups at local city parks or along highways or the national park systems, but everybody kept looking over, like,
2: national forests. Well, I was trying to think
3: of a fancy word. was it called? Scenic rivers?
2: Yeah, scenic rivers. Yeah, nat-
3: all those are being ignored uh, from what we were seeing in our state. So we thought, let's start a brand, which is the Dome not Clothing line. And we'll, we thought we'll start selling gear and use a portion of those proceeds to help host cleanup events where we have people come out. So every quarter across the state of Arkansas, we do cleanup events wherever people ask us. At first, our first ones were us trying to figure out, hey, where can we have a cleanup at? Our last three cleanups, people are starting to ask us, hey, we know of a place. Can you come and be a part of it? Well, now we're starting to partner when we go to a region with other businesses, nonprofits, and then they get to be a part of it as well and help promote their cause or their business and be there with food or they might bring kayaks uh, to the events. So that that's how it's kind of grown. And every single cleanup, our very first one was 12 people. Our most recent had over 40, 40. So it's getting it's but getting we, bigger.
2: We try to keep our cleanups. Not only are we cleaning up, but we want to keep it where we get to know everybody that comes out to the cleanups and mm-hmm. we try to make it fun so that, you know, if we're by water, we'll hang out in the water after. Or...
3: And usually there's always a camp out related to it. So people come out and they'll camp out the day before mm-hmm. with us or that evening with us to go along with the, with the actual cleanup. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it seems like you guys have a lot of fun doing the cleanups, too. Uh, pulling a lot of tires out of the river. I saw on your one episode. And, uh, you know, I really love to see that, you know, people are doing, giving back, to our, our natural resources. I know in our area alone, the Little Miami River has a, a great program, a cleanup program, where a lot of the towns and uh, the, the townships and the cities that the city the actual river runs through, they do a lot of cleanups on there as well. Uh, as, along with our local state parks, they do a lot of cleanups. They have clubs and organizations that do cleanups for our local lakes. and um, That's just amazing, man. I appreciate you guys doing that. What's the craziest Thanks. thing you've seen pulled out of the river? Televisions, <laughs> television, yeah,
3: like- oh, no, that or crazy. that football, <laughs> that football
0: helmet. But we
3: did a cleanup uh, right down the road from us is the uh, Little Mill. and uh, we went and had a clean there back in December. We pulled out two box televisions from the '80s, early '90s, yeah, pretty old. and uh, the big tube uh, televisions, two of those, uh, probably thirty sports balls mm-hmm. like footballs, basketballs, mm-hmm. and. Uh,
2: I think that helmet, up that helmet. helmet was pretty that, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that helmet
3: was weird because a guy put it on, and I was like, man, there's slime all in that thing.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. That's something else. Uh, we used to do um, river cleanups on the Ohio River. It was called Cleanup Days. And they would have all the schools come out, um, all the elementary schools in the area and the high schools. And they would all have, all, have all the kids going through there. And I don't think they could have that anymore because of the, the, the needle problem there in Portsmouth, Ohio. People, I remember <laughs> even we were we were kids, we were finding needles down there. And it can oh my- be dangerous. So just be careful when you guys are out doing that Because you can find some dangerous stuff in the river sometimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yep, you mentioned I, your your um your sh- not your shirts, but um you mentioned your business. I noticed you had uh, your two shirts on right there. They got one's got a ten on it. One's like a bear. what's what's, uh, what's the whole deal with the design there?
3: Oh man, uh, you talking about
0: the bear with the trees? Yeah, the bear with the trees. I couldn't see it very well. Yeah. It's uh, kind of tree- so, you sell your own client line of clothes. Did you guys come up with the designs yourself, design it yourself, or how did that all happen?
2: Yeah, pretty much. So, we work with a local company that um, actually designs the shirts, mm-hmm. but we'll come up with a design and we'll kind of throw them some ideas, and then they'll come back with us with a final um, mock up. Yeah, like a final mock up of the artwork, and then we approve it that way. So, it is more more or less our idea, and then they just draw it up for us.
3: Except for our logo, our logo. Oh yeah, the
2: logo actually was all him. Yeah, it drawing. took
3: it took me six months to figure out how to make it look like a tent, and uh, and yeah. I want to look like somebody drew it, and I that that took a long time. Yeah. But besides that, they help us out with everything else.
0: Wow, man, that's awesome. I like your clothing line. Uh, how can people uh, purchase shirts and designs?
2: But we do have a website, it's dumblife.camp, so d-o-m-e-l-i-f-e dot c-a-m-p, and we have all of our t-shirts, we have hats actually, uh, bees, um, that's it, long sleeve, a, short yeah. sleeve, and we're, right now we're in the process of designing one more t-shirt, so we're just kind of putting it on pause right now until all this madness is over with, and yeah. then we can get back to that, so.
0: Do you eventually plan to sell camping gear?
2: Yes, so that's uh, in the future. We want to start out with tents. We want to do a tent that is, we're going to find someone in Arkansas that can help make the tent.
3: We're trying to find a partner to do, uh, we're trying to find just a textile company uh, to start out with a car camping tent. And then eventually we'll, uh, our second tent that we want to come up with is a backpacking slash kayaking tent. Because the tent that we use for kayak camping is the actual tent that we use for backpacking as well. Mm oh, oh wow that's that's actually really cool i like
4: you how you guys are uh, trying to keep everything local too i mean a lot of people nowadays are trying to go for all these big companies and i i mean i was just talking to my girlfriend the other day we've got a local like t-shirt company i'm like i would much rather support these local places and try to work deals with them and help them out rather than going to some of these big corporations that really don't need as much help from anybody so it's like i re- i really love how you guys are uh Going and trying to work with some local places and keep it all local to where you guys are from, so that's yeah. awesome.
2: Thanks. We try to do that with everything that we do, even going out to eat or yeah, shopping like we, local.
3: Yeah. Even with our that. cleanup events, um, usually if we're out in the middle of the wilderness, she'll cook things from scratch. Like, we made fajitas. Yeah. We made sloppy joes from scratch. Mm-hmm. But if we're by a city, we'll go to, like, a local mom-and-pop shop. Like, mm-hmm. there was this one place in Norfolk, Arkansas, and I think there was two restaurants and a brewery. That's mm-hmm. it. And we went to the restaurant, and You're it was called Heidi's that. Ugly...
2: Ugly Cake Ugly Cakes.
3: And it was the most <laughs> was amazing so place good. I've ever been. It was so good. So we, we uh, had all their food for our cleanup at that place. That was pretty so cool. So we do try to keep it local.
0: Wow, that's awesome! Yeah, I uh, love to support my local businesses. I'm always at the local breweries down here. Uh, the Sons of Soil. I like to, you know, that's a farmer's tavern. It's like a farmer's brewery out in the middle of farmland, but uh, it's kind of a redneck place. But it's it's good. Man, there's a good. We up our alley, right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have nice beer. Uh, it's fun. I could bring my daughter. It's a good place. So uh, definitely support your local businesses. <laughs> so getting into gear now. Uh well before we get into gear, let's get into kayaks. I noticed some of your videos you have kayaks. Um how long have you guys been on a been on a kayak? Like how long Top, have you guys been my life. your whole life? And
3: <laughs> off and of yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did we buy those kayaks? We got those, uh that's an inside joke. We had a friend say it once. We love that saying. Um uh,
2: so, uh, it
1: 2017,
3: good. we bought the per, uh, Perception. Perception Pescadores ten foots uh, yeah. found tops. So we really like those. Mm-hmm. Very, they're very great for kayak camping because we can have about three days worth of gear yeah. and supplies in them. But then they are also really great up to about class three rapids. So we can actually go on some pretty gnarly rivers. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, not full on skirt needed, but. Up to about class threes, we can we can handle like with white water coming over our boats and not tip over, and so that's why we
1: like
0: them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I love uh, Perception kayaks. My first kayak was a uh, was a Striker, and that had a five hundred pound weight limit on it. it had a three haul design. It was super stable, and I'm a big guy, so I, I definitely wanted that stability and uh, the extra weight capacity. I mean, I could haul everything on that sucker: coolers, uh, tents, uh, fishing fishing equipment. Everything, man. I really loved it. And I moved up. I got more into competitive fishing and uh, competitive bass fishing. So I moved up into a better boat. I'm in my Hobie PA now. But, you know, I was fishing off of um, a, a Perception for three years. And I have to say, that's for the money, for the affordability of a Perception kayak. It's, uh, it's a good kayak and it's a good quality kayak. Um, quality plastic. Um, it's really good for rapids and stuff. I've went down rapids on the rivers plenty of times in that kayak. So um, that's awesome. So let's start off with your gear then. So I know you're going to have, you're going to pretty much pack separate gear on your normal camping trips when you're camping out of the SUV versus taking gear out on your kayak or you're camping, um, like doing a backpacking trip. So let's go into what are your basic, uh, what's your basic gear list when you're camping out of your SUV?
2: Okay uh
3: let's see <laughs> uh starts with the of course the table and that sounds strange you don't realize how important the table is until yeah. you're bent over all the time with the cooker uh-huh. and we use a, a Coleman 2 top burner and the reason that we do that is when you go on an adventure and you get to camp around six you don't want to wait for your coals on your fire to be you know going to start cooking around 11 o'clock at night yeah. uh, so we usually have that and then
2: I, have a, I actually have a huge tub that's full of all of my kitchen utensils. I have any kind of cookware you could think of, but I try to buy like the smaller ones that you see just so that it packs up. Um, it all fits literally in one tub. Um, and then in the
3: plastic tub we got actually has a rubber grommet still around the top to yes, keep moisture out. Yeah,
2: it's a really
1: good. Because we
3: did borrow one and we kept it shut and mildew filled yeah. up and everything. We had to clean everything because it had mold growing over everything. Yeah, I forgot. That was over a week, though. So, yeah. Like, it had moisture in it for one week and already had all that mold in there. Uh, we use, uh, we take two army cots with pads on them uh, because when you're camping every weekend, we've done sleeping on an air-up mattress and we've slept on the ground. And it's okay for backpacking or kayak camping once a month or so because you're not going to sleep as efficiently. But when you're camping every weekend, you want to be comfortable or across mm-hmm. country you want to be comfortable so you can get rest. That's when we use the army cots.
2: So the pads that he's talking about, though, um, they're not like your uh, roll-up that you air up backpacking pads. So I went to Walmart, and I bought, like, the uh, egg crate cushions that you would put on your bed. Yeah. And so I take one of those, like a queen-size, cut it in half, and then I usually get two. So we both have two extra pads underneath on the cot. And then people are gonna think I'm crazy. Then I take like a fitted sheet. <laughs> so we both have fitted
3: sheets. That's her.
2: We have a flat sheet and then we have our two sleeping bags. And I we don't even sleep in our sleeping bags. They're more for like a comforter, I guess you would say. Um but we're very comfortable. <laughs> but all all of that goes to the tent. So after that, all of that fits in um, we have a six person tent.
3: And uh, What brand is that?
2: Alpine? Alps Mountaineering.
3: Yeah, Alps Mountaineering. Because we had a Coleman and when we were in New Mexico, we were by White Sands National Park and a windstorm came through when we were up in the mountains. We come back and our tent's completely ripped and destroyed from the wind. So then we went to a better brand, which is this Alps Mountaineering, which is, oh, it's a great tent. I love this tent. Mm -hmm. And uh, what else do we have?
2: We always carry two chairs.
3: Yeah, two chairs, of course. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, and then if we do stay around the campground, we like to cook on the fire or with the cash, uh, Dutch oven
2: yeah, when well, so we, we have a lot of time. Home. Yeah,
3: um, but that's about and our the, shower. Oh, yeah, the shower.
2: Yeah, so we do carry um, a shower, which we build. which we don't use it all the time. But if we're camping somewhere like in the mountains where we're not close to a waterway, um, mm-hmm. it's a tube that we put on top of the truck, and PVC it's PVC piping. And actually, I came up with the idea because you can actually buy these showers. Uh, they're probably like five hundred dollars, um, and it already comes with a huh. compressor. Yeah, and I was like, well, I didn't want to buy one, so we could just build one.
3: And we built it for forty bucks, I think.
2: Yeah, forty bucks, and he already had a compressor.
3: Yeah, I had a little air air uh, tire compressor that we kept in the vehicle.
2: So it's it's one PVC pipe, and then the end caps.
3: Um. A trader valve on yeah. one end to put your compressor to. You plug your compressor in, and the, on the other end we got uh, a cap that you pull, uh, unscrew to fill it up with water. You tighten that down, and then you have a spout, a spigot, yeah. and uh, you hook up a short water hose and a.
2: I just have a short water hose and
3: then just a garden. Garden sprayer, sprayer okay. and you got a full-on shower, so that works out great. So how many gallons of water?
2: Does
3: uh, five gallons of water. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so it works
0: out good. It's great. enough that we both get one shower out of one tube of water. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I saw your on video. You had this thing set up. And when I first saw that tube on top of your uh, your Jeep or your SUV, uh, I, I thought of kayak fishermen or fishermen because they get yeah. those <laughs> big PVC tubes and they put their rods in them, you know. Yeah. Uh, to keep them storage and I even put a lock on them so people can't steal them so I thought that's what it was I think that's kind of neat that you converted one into a shower and I noticed you guys use that to you know do your dishes at camp and uh, take showers with and so that's multiple uses that's pretty that's pretty interesting so mm-hmm. say if you're like camping somewhere where you don't have a um, a supp- steady supply of water how much water are you guys bringing and uh, do you ever filter your own water?
2: Uh, Oh, oh, let me, I'll say this part. Whenever we're car camping, and we just recently bought a six-gallon jug, so we will fill that up with water, and that's what we'll refill the shower with if we have to, and I'll also bring, depending on how long we're going to be gone, two or four just regular water jugs. I save old ones, and I'll fill those up with water, and I'll carry those just in case. Yeah. And, uh, and then the filter.
3: Whatever. The filter. And when we're on the road, like if we're going out west, because in Arkansas, we have tons of rivers to, to bathe in. So mm-hmm. we'll just jump in a river. We've we bathed in 45 degree water and that hurts. Yeah. Uh, but we've done it. And uh, <laughs> But we go out west to New Mexico or Arizona, it's dry as a bone out there. And uh, we'll go to a spigot and refill up the shower if we run out of water, fill up our jugs and just keep replenish it that way but we don't usually drink that water if we have to people will purchase more water at a store or something mm-hmm. along the way but we do always have in our vehicle if we're by a water source uh, a survival filter and that's actually the brand and uh, you can get that at survivorfilter.com. and these guys make a great product uh, you can find it on Amazon as well where you mm-hmm. find uh, the, re, uh, with the new filter systems yes. if yeah. they go bad uh, there's a floater that you throw out in the water, and it filters through and puts it through a carbon filter and an extra trash filter. And I filled up a whole gallon uh, that she had once, a uh, plastic gallon that we saved. I refilled it up in, like, I think five minutes, yeah, four minutes, something like that. Minutes. So it's, it's wow. we love it. We take that with us all the time. If we find water on the side of the road, and we will filter our own water.
2: And we carry that kayak camping.
3: Yes, actually, we don't take any water with this kayak camping. We just take that.
0: that. Well, yeah, I was going to get that was leading into my next question. So what are you taking when you kayak camp? So you can only hold so much on those kayaks.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just carry the uh, survivor filter with us.
0: And uh, so then the other stuff we carry is
3: mostly camping and backpacking gear. Uh we have a I guess we could start with And
2: this is when we kayak.
3: Yeah, this is when we kayak <laughs> camp. We this is when we sleep uncomfortably. We're not clamping, we're literally camping. We
2: have what is this brand? Uh so we have a two person tent that we'll take yeah, and the brand cool. is Hassle Outfitters and we've had this tent for about a year and a half yeah. now and we really, really like this tent. It sets up quick, it's um durable, it it's hasn't like, fallen apart on us.
3: Yeah, it's like uh, it takes up less space and we can fit this inside of the boat.
2: Yeah, everything that we carry when we can, can fit inside the boat, except for we usually just, we have dry bags that we'll fill up and those we'll just strap onto the outside.
3: We take two dry bags, mm-hmm. one to carry dry good foods, mm-hmm. the other one to carry clothes and mm-hmm. towels. And then uh, we have just uh, sleeping bags and we unfold the sleeping bags and shove those in the hole of the boat as well. We have two camping pads. uh, And these are the
2: ones that self
3: self, inflate. And self inflating ones. And we'll lay those next to each other with just those. um,
2: And then you have a small blow up pillow.
3: Yeah, I have a small blow up pillow. Trek Log is what it's called. And uh, that's what we take, this will be It's Isn't it little, man? Look at that. I mean, it's a little pillow. It fits in my hand. I got big hands, too. Uh, then for cooking, what do we think?
2: Um, so for cooking, we have an MSR brand oh. cooker. And it's really tiny, too. Wow. And then uh, we also have a camping course. Oh. And it's pretty small, too. It all packs in together. It's like a saucepan, a... Uh, what is it called? saucepan, and then the... Big pot. I guess it's a bigger pot you yes. can boil water in, but it's all pretty small too. And it packs into the food dry bag actually.
3: I was just turning off our air. It got kind of loud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can hear that in the background. Apologize. So, how long do you guys typically stay out on uh, overnight kayak camping trips?
2: The longest we've stayed is three days. Three days. Nights. I wish that we could do about five. That would be awesome.
3: The only reason that we don't is because uh, it's just our timing's hard. We spend so much time doing so many different camping trips and we're getting so busy with these cleanup events and kind of like a PR for, for our brand that our camping trips are usually cut short because we have to get back to somewhere to help promote Dome life.
0: Wow. Okay. So Dome Life's getting pretty big then, man. That's a, Congratulations. That's pretty awesome. You guys yes. are definitely entertaining. Um, yeah, so how much food are you are you packing along for three days? Oh, do you tell them about the
3: collapsible ice chest we take?
2: Oh, no, I forgot. Okay, so we do have an ice chest that is, um, I don't know how big it is, but it's a soft ice chest that has a zipper on it, and then it also has the shoulder strap so you can carry it's, it in a bag. It's
3: like the Yetis, uh, probably – the Yeti what, bags. Kind of like the Yeti bag, mm. but it's actually an Ozark Trail brand. And okay. That, those are awesome. They do just as well as a Yeti. Yep,
5: uh, they do.
3: <laughs> yeah, they do. And uh, we'll be able to carry... Tell them about I what you really cook when carry, you put in
2: it. So I try to be really easy and not cook a lot of stuff. I try to do... Um, I'll pre-make stuff. I've pre-made chicken salad before and carry that. Um... We'll do beef jerky, we'll do eggs, scrambled eggs, we'll take a couple of those. Um,
3: and then we, we might have, have an uh, MRE. Oh uh, yeah, we'll carry... I'll
2: carry a few of those for dinner. Yeah. For dinner. Um, and then we always carry our coffee, because we're big coffee drinkers, so we have to have coffee <laughs> every
3: morning. And we have a French press, you can't go without so a French so we press. Do, we
2: carry the French press. Just some little snacks throughout the day. We do granola or dried mango. We love yeah. dried fruit, anything
0: like that. And of course, we might have a beer or something. Oh, so.
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> Always got to have a
0: beer. <laughs> yeah, you? I was about to ask you do you guys have any fun out there? Do you bring any alcohol? No, I don't know if we just leave Arkansas. Yeah, okay.
2: You can't go camping and, and no, we'll having, have a good time. Yeah. You know, like.
3: Oh, and I actually, I, you probably haven't seen it in our vlogs, but I actually do go fishing. Um, <laughs> I know that y'all kayak fish, but we I actually do go fishing. Uh, we're going to try this year to actually catch our fish and clean it and cook our meals dill, like that on the river so we can carry less with us. Yeah,
0: That's the way to do it, man. Go down a Trout River and uh, catch <laughs> trout and uh, just go ahead and eat trout for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know? <laughs> hey, did
3: you know uh, the world record brown trout was caught here in Arkansas on the White River? Wow. Really? Yeah, we have, a, we have a spring-fed river that uh, comes from a spring called Mammoth Springs on the border of Missouri and Arkansas, and it fills up the river and goes down into the White River, uh, and there's year-round trout fishing, uh, and the, I forgot how big this world record brown trout was, but there's some massive monsters coming out of that river, and we're going to kayak camp that <laughs> soon, too.
0: Yeah, you bring your fishing awesome. pole and fish that, man. Try to catch you one of the big browns. How big was it?
3: I don't know. I, I'd be lying if I even
0: told you. Gotcha. Yeah, you'd have
3: to look it
0: up. She'll look it up and a little bit. Gotcha. Well, while you're doing that, let's take a quick break, and we'll hear from our sponsors. Uh, just a quick commercial on, the, on here. You, anybody watching the YouTube feed can check out my camouflage I'm wearing. This is Side Eye Camo. Uh, they became a new sponsor for Yak Legion, so... Uh, they got a cool design they got it worked out where you can um cover your boat cover your kayak uh cover yourself man check them out at side eye camo uh, on facebook and uh, we will be right back now we're about all
4: the awesome companies who support the yak legion and buckeye kayak fishing podcasts venom lures Venom Lures in Lancaster, Ohio is known for their great soft plastics and terminal tackle. They have been providing quality products from right here in Ohio since 1984. Mr. Dustin Carnes is the new owner of Venom Lures and inventor of the DK rig. It's a weedless version of the Ned rig that's taking the fishing world by storm. Check them out at VenomLures.com. Strictly Sailing Kayak Strictly Sail and Kayak is located in Kenwood Road in Blue Ash, Ohio. They sell Hobie, New Canoe, Feel Free, Three Waters, and Johnny Boat kayaks. They've been providing high quality service to fishermen and watercraft enthusiasts since 1978. Reach out to Brian Tacey at 513-984-1907 or check them out at StrictlySailInc.com. American Tackle. American Tackle, the inventors of the microwave lines guide system, Sells a variety of terminal tackle and fishing lures, along with custom rods and accessories. You can find them at americantackle.us. Dakota Lithium Batteries. Tired of your fish finder powering down halfway through the day? Sick of replacing batteries year after year? No need to fear, because Dakota Lithium is here. Dakota Lithium makes the best outdoor batteries, hands down, with many options and accessories to power your electronics while on your kayak or in boat. Check them out on Facebook and at dakotalithium.com. Arachnet security system. Keep your valuables safe under the net as a giant black widow spider guards your gear. The Arachnet security system, great for kayaks, tents, campers, and all that gear packed in the back of your truck. The Arachnet security system can be found at arachnet.net. Real Fishing Co. Need a logo or decals for your business or YouTube channel? Custom gear with your brand's image? check out Real Fishing Company at realfishingco.com. Steve Davidson does great work and even made the logo for Yak Legion. The Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail, the biggest kayak fishing trail in Ohio, and holds fishing events all over the Buckeye State. Check out the website at buckeyekayakfishingtrail.com for event information and details. Come out and fish with us. Check out the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Podcast on anchor.fm and all other major podcast apps. It's the official Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail Podcast. We talk with tournament trail winners and get the juicy details on how they won. Thanks everyone for listening to the podcast and all the support. You can follow Yak Legion on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at The Yak Legion Podcast. You can email us with any questions at the, the Yak Legion Podcast at gmail.com. We have Yak Legion decals for sale on the Facebook page Every decal sold goes a long way to support the podcast. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will give you a shout-out on the
0: podcast to say thanks for the support. Yeah. All right. We are back with Cody and Kelly talking about Dome Life, the YouTube channel. Are you guys on uh, any other social media platforms? How can people find you?
3: Uh, We are on Instagram and Facebook, Facebook. Both under Dome Life, um, and then of course our website that we said earlier with Dome Life .camp, So a lot of people are shocked that we actually have .camp. Yeah,
2: surprisingly, it was not taken. I don't know if you know anything about setting up a website, um, but you can't just make up whatever you want. You have to make sure that it's not taken or that someone is not trying to sell that the handle. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So it's weird. It was pretty cool finding it.
0: Yeah, I I made a GoDaddy page for Yak Legion, and they wanted to charge me for everything. Like, it costs an extra $30 to do a blog, and if you wanted to sell something, like I wanted to sell decals, it cost extra. It's like, yeah, that's just... <laughs> you know, the other social media platforms that are free that could actually get you a lot of followers, especially Instagram is a big one. And um, that kind of leads me to my next question. And when you guys are camping and stuff, do you guys do a lot of photography and post to Instagram or do you mainly focus on your videos? Uh, well,
3: actually it all started with Instagram and Facebook because we started posting on that in 2016. Yeah, 2016, the year that she started camping is when we started posting on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, still to this day, I'll take pictures and then i'll post pictures every morning throughout the week monday through thursday and then i don't post again until the following monday from the prior week's adventures so that's how we do it prior weekend's adventures
0: oh wow so when um since you started the channel since you started dome life this might be a hard question to, to answer but how many camping trips have you guys been on and where have you been on where are some of your favorite places you've been Oh, don't even ask favorite. Okay. So I do have to tell you one of my <laughs> favorite places.
2: So it's not in Arkansas. It's White Sands, New Mexico. And it was a national monument when we went. Now it's recently became a national park. But that was one of my favorite places. It was just so beautiful. It was just unearthly. I, I just yeah,
3: when you went out there, you felt like you were on another planet. And come to find out, scientists uh, actually went there in preparation for going to Mars. Just because so the train so like Mars, mm-hmm. and uh, the other cool part is is that if you go to White Sands and you're in the da- desert of the valley, you can turn around and go to Cloudcroft, New Mexico, which is a 16 minute drive, a oh, 20 minute, about 30, about 30 uh, east of there, and you're up in 12,000 feet elevation with yeah. evergreen trees and snow and ski resorts. So it's yeah. just insane to go. From those two different.
2: Beautiful. I just love that area. I love New Mexico. That's probably my next favorite state.
3: <laughs> yeah. We really we love Arkansas though because oh, of the yeah. water quality. Uh, what's crazy is everywhere we've been outside the state, if somebody does know Arkansas, they always talk about the water quality. Because we have two mountain range. Well, we have a plateau region called the Ozarks, and then we have an actual mountain ridge called the Washtenaw Mountains. And both of those have Pure water because they're all protected by the National Forest Service and no development within them. So you get all this pure water coming directly from the top of these mountain ridges. And then that comes out into the flat fields where there's farms. So we don't have any waterways that are clear coming through farmland or anything like that with a bunch of erosion. Mm -hmm. And that leads us to Arkansas. Why we love camping in Arkansas so much because there are so many waterfalls. So many.
2: we can camp year-round half the time because we actually went camping for Christmas this year. Yeah. And it was like 60 degrees was the high. And the low was like in the 40s. It was perfect.
3: We even did a crystal mining dig that day, too, because we have a lot of quartz crystals here. And we have the only, this is a fun fact, only diamond mine in the world open to the public to dig for diamonds. It's a state park. And we went there as well. Yeah,
2: we did a vlog on
3: that. That was pretty cool.
2: But he asked our how many times we've been camping.
3: Oh my God. (laughs) How many weeks are there in a year? 52?
2: Uh, I mean, when we say every weekend, literally every single weekend. Yeah. And it's hard not to repeat some of the places we've already been,
0: even though we love them. Yeah. Man, yeah.
3: Probably 52 times
0: last year we went camping. Holy cow. Guys, I get more. I just remember we were talking about that brown trout. How how big was that thing?
2: Uh, 36.7 pounds.
0: Holy cow. That thing's ginormous. So are you going to do fishing more this year as part of your, uh, as part of your YouTube channel? Oh, yes. Uh, Kelly and I want to try
3: to, because on our camp kayaking trips, we really wanted some better quality food versus MREs. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely going to, uh fish while we're on the river or lakes and she's gonna if we catch something yeah. we'll have emergency backup mres <laughs> if i don't but we'll catch oh uh, we'll definitely catch and cook yeah. uh, if it's the right size we'll, you know catch and release if it needs to be the if it's out of the size limit regulations but we'll definitely cook
0: what we catch so when you do your overnight kayak camping trips um how are you going about it? Do you ever do them down rivers? And do you have certain camping spots that you go to? Um, say you like doing a three-night trip. Do you stay all three nights at one spot? Or do you have uh, two different spots or three different spots if it's three nights?
3: On our river, we do different spots if because we'll put in somewhere above river. And then we'll probably do probably 30 miles worth of river. And we'll kayak camp along the full 30. And do that in three days, two nights normally. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do Lake
2: Washita, we usually find a spot. We stay at one spot on and Lake Washita. stay Ouachita. there because if you find a good spot, you don't want to it up. I mean, somebody else can come behind you and take it.
3: Because so. Lake Washita, I am not have said this, but it's the largest lake in Arkansas. It also, uh, completely within Arkansas, it's completely surrounded by national forest. It's one of the cleanest lakes in North America. It has freshwater jellyfish in it mm-hmm. with, like, 50 feet of visibility most of the time. And oh. there's hundreds. I was about to say thousands, but I don't know why. There's oh. hundreds of islands. And you can pick any island you want and just set up a tent year-round wherever you want to go. Yeah.
0: So wow, it's, it's, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, uh, is yeah. that – sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> Is that public land that anybody can camp at, or do you have to actually pay or No, it's public land. You don't have to pay, it's all free. Uh
3: they just ask that you reuse fire rings that are already been made. Uh, and that's about it.
0: Wow. So what about river camping? Do you stay at like official campgrounds or do you just find you know, go down the river and just find it a good spot? A good looking yeah, spot to stop or yeah, just finding a spot going down the river. Yeah. So that's something we have to uh, we have to deal with here in Ohio. We were talking about on the waterborne camper episode how it's kind of hard for us to do river trips down the river unless because a lot of it's on private property here. Like the Little Miami River is the cleanest river in Ohio, and there's so much private property on it. Now there is campgrounds on it. But there's really not a whole lot. There's not a lot a whole lot of places to do this. And it can be challenging for a lot of people in other states where there's a lot of private property and you're, you know, you're worried about trespassing or something like that. Do uh, you have any tips on maybe somebody that wants to get into kayak, um, kayak camping and how to maybe do it safely? Uh, well... I would say if you're if you're new
2: to it, I would say start small. You don't have to go out and buy the most expensive, the best brands. Um, as long as you just think and you you plan to have what you need, um, I say go for it and try it, you know. Yeah, I how
0: about, like, bag? How about like planning. Like planning a trip. Say like uh-huh. I wanted to go down a little Miami River, um, how would I plan out several days of a trip down there and finding camping spots along that river? Do you guys ever have to deal with that? I have to say it, but no. (laughs) The reason why is because almost
3: all our rivers are – there's a law in Arkansas, and it's one of the few states with this law, is that you cannot have private land that crosses a river, and any floodplain is public land. So any river in Arkansas that you want to paddle – you, just, you can just paddle and camp wherever. And that's kind of hard for us because if we go to Colorado or something, they can put a fence right across a river in Colorado And you can't it's it's the law. Like it's not against the law to do that. It's dangerous
2: for the kayaker. It is. But here in
3: Arkansas, it's against the law to even put a fence across any waterway. Everything's public. All waterways are public Mm -hmm. access. All floodplains are public access. So we don't have that issue here.
2: Well, and if you're if you're not new to kayaking, but new to kayak camping, uh, we just kind of plan it on how many miles can we put in in a day? and we go by that and that's how we know how many miles to do for how many days
3: and it also depends on water flow yeah. uh you want to check uh arkansas whitewater.gov is it dot go so White- it's just
2: whitewater because you could pick any state yeah you can change the
3: state but uh, it's it's american whitewater.gov i think and you can go there and almost every state's waterways are on there to know the flow and If it's too low, you got to take into account that you're going to be going a lot slower. And if it's too high, of course, you don't want to get pinned up to a tree. So depending on flow makes a big difference because we've been on rivers where it only took us, you know, uh, three hours to do eight miles. And then the next time we go when it's too low and it took us 10 hours to go the same amount
0: of time.
2: American white
0: water. American white water. Wow, man, you guys have a good because here in Ohio, like they're, they're not allowed blocking waterways, but they can own their property goes up to the waterway. So you can go down a waterway as long as you stay on a flotation device or as long as you stay on a mm-hmm. kayak, you're fine. But you can't actually step out of the water onto anybody's property. Mm-hmm. And that's always a challenge for us up here. Because uh, you can't find any good camping spots because you're technically trespassing. I know a lot of people do, or a lot of people that do camp, they know that they have friends on the river. So it's basically mm-hmm. traveling down to each one of your friends and figuring out your trip from there. Maybe you can yeah. go to, to maybe anybody listening, they can go door to door and maybe get some permissions like, hey, you know, we're just going to yeah. camp out behind your house on the river. We're not going to bother you or anything, and maybe get some permissions down on a stretch of river <laughs> and then plan your trip accordingly. Yeah. So uh, I think that's awesome, and I think your channel's awesome, guys. I'm glad you glad you guys came on. And here's a question I ask everybody that comes on my podcast. It's always a good one. I always love hearing people's stories. And do you have one really good, or maybe two good stories that really come to mind uh, when it comes to your whole uh, camping experience? And it could be something tragic, something funny, something sad. What do you got for us?
3: Mm-hmm trying to think
2: uh we've had some bear encounters yeah
3: we've had some black bear encounters that uh yeah
2: not like well the one that i always remember uh was we were asleep and this was before we had a cooking table so we just had our cooker laying on the ground and i guess there might have been some grease on it and i just i couldn't sleep that night for some reason but i just kept hearing something heavy you know, we were in the tent and I just kept hearing something heavy out in the woods. And I was just like, I kept bothering him. I was like, what is that? He was like, I don't know. And then you could just hear it walking. You could just hear the big footsteps
1: yeah.
2: and it g- bumped our cooker, messed around with the cooker for a little bit and then just went away. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the next morning the cooker was like moved over, you know, a yeah. feet.
3: I was um, licking on it. Um, and then,
2: uh, so from now on, we don't leave our cooker out
3: anymore yeah, or trash or anything. We put, <laughs> oh, yeah, anything, we never
2: leave trash
3: out. Uh, and then, uh, on, What's uh, the one? I guess, uh, t- 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 oh, when we went to Yellowstone, uh, we, we, we had this beautiful encounter of, of great weather after being at Glacier mm-hmm. National Park, and that was awesome. Glacier National Park is probably one of the coolest places we've ever been. Mm-hmm. But we leave there and go to Yellowstone and and it was beautiful. And we were in Yellowstone
2: for four days.
3: Yeah. And then after we put up our tent, it rained for three days straight. And And it was cold. It It was was in the 30s and 40s. And And it uh, was June. Yeah. So that was a miserable experience. So don't ever go to (laughs) Yellowstone in in June.
2: Well, what's crazy is that that kind of rain was very unseasonable.
3: Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's about it. Everything else is just kind of normal, you know, seeing wild animals and eagles. But I do have a piece of advice. Life's a river. Float it.
0: <laughs> <You know, laughs> yeah, I heard your little catchphrase on your YouTube, Jay. I like that, man. <laughs> Life's a river. Float it. You ever seen Sasquatch out there? Oh,
3: man, no, but we got a lot of people say they do. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal <laughs> around here. Yeah. But we do have a an uh, increase in mountain lion activity starting to happen around yeah. here. And oh, we
2: should have told that one story. What? When we were camping on the Big Piney and it rained and I heard that noise. Oh. Okay, so let me, ask I hope we have time, I have to tell you the story. Oh, nice. Okay, so this is about three years ago. We have a river here. It's called Big Piney Creek, but it's huge. It might as well be called a river. And uh, we went like for a one-night camping
3: trip. It's in we, the Ozark National Forest. Yeah,
2: we got there kind of late, set up the tent, we cooked and we knew it was going to rain, but we didn't know it was going to downpour rain like it did. Well, it was about 11 o'clock at night. It started pouring down rain. So we got in the tent and the road that we were camping on was a dead end. Now, at the time, we did not know this. And the road was so rocky. How, how fast were we driving? We well, were driving
3: way? like 10 miles an hour and my, my vehicles was on four-wheel drive.
2: Yeah. So you can't go fast down this road. And uh, our tent was kind of right beside the road. So you could see the road from in the tent. It was 11 o'clock at night. It started raining and I saw these headlights and this truck was barreling down this road and it had a trailer on the back of it. I mean, driving crazy fast. Probably
3: like 40 miles an hour, 45.
2: And I was like, well, that's kind of odd. So close my eyes. Um, It started raining even harder. And I just couldn't sleep. So I woke up, I was just laying there, and it sounded like a man screaming bloody murder in the valley somewhere. And I was like, that's it, I'm not sleeping for the rest of the night. I don't know what it was, but it maybe a mountain lion when you said mountain lion, or, or it sounded like a man screaming bloody murder. Yep. So the next morning, uh, it quit raining. So we got up, and we were just like, yeah, didn't get any sleep that night. Uh, we packed up camp, and we were like, let's go see where this road goes. So we take the road all the way to the end. And, of course, like I said, we found out it's a dead end, and there was nobody down there.
3: Not a single vehicle.
2: And no no truck ever came back the other way. Wow. Uh, it was crazy. And so we called this place the ghost truck just because – and we haven't been back. Definitely. And I keep wanting to go back yeah. and camp at the very – I want to camp at the very end of that road.
3: You're just crazy nowadays, Kelly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that sounds uh, that sounds pretty creepy. And I know you said how you heard the uh, sounds
4: sounded like bloody murder. Actually, at my new house, we live in three acres of woods now. And I mean, we we moved here five years ago, but a month after living here, we had all of our windows open. It was the summer, and we hear something. Just like, it sounds like a lady's getting murdered in our woods. We're like, oh my gosh, like what in the world? And we start shining flashlights, and we see something on the other side of our creek. And we walked down, and it would end up being a bobcat. And actually, if you look up bobcats, their screams sound exactly like somebody getting murdered. And yeah. it is – it's terrifying. So I know how that would probably be, especially uh, sitting out in the middle of a woods in a tent. So, yeah,
2: <laughs> and being the first time that I had ever heard anything like that. And this was and,
3: your – probably fourth time ever Yeah,
2: camping. this was when I was really new at camping. Yeah. So, oh gosh. Mm. But, yeah, I can't wait to camp there again. <laughs>
0: I grew up on the the edge of Wayne National Forest here in Ohio, and we had some coon hunters one night. They were hunting the, the, the plot of woods behind our house. And they had treed a bobcat back there. And man, that made a hell of a noise. I remember it's like midnight or so and you can hear it, it sound like a woman was being murdered behind my house. So yep. We all walked back there and we can hear these dogs and the dogs are going crazy and this this bobcat up in the tree. Uh you seen guys back there shining lights up on it. That thing was scary, man. And um. uh-huh. I would tear up a dog if it got on one of them coon hounds, but I mean, geez, I know people run them with with hounds. They run mountain lions with hounds, man. That's that'd be <laughs> something else. Man, mountain well, lions
3: awesome. are yappy
0: dogs. Yeah, yeah, it blows
3: my mind. It can be a little yappy corgi, and uh, it will run a mountain lion up into a tree
0: just because they <laughs> really? hate the sound.
3: Yeah, they use those out west uh, to hunt them. Yeah, blew my mind.
0: Wow, they don't do so well against coyotes though. A lot of them little uh, dogs around my neighborhood and our neighborhood cats, the coyotes usually get eventually. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're yeah, nasty man.
3: Oh, I, oh, never mind. Uh, it, right. made it, of, it made me think of me think. Made me think of when we were Mississippi camping. Oh yeah. And we had the military base having a having a. Now
2: a, all our stories are coming back to us. Now.
3: Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, about it.
2: Okay, so this one we were when we go we go to Pensacola once a year and we always uh, stop in DeSoto National Forest, which is outside of Hattieburg. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Yeah. So we camped there overnight at least one night, and uh, we were camping at a different spot than we did last time. And we were it was about ten o'clock. We we're getting ready to go to bed, and it sounds like a, a, war. a war going on. Yeah. like there's helicopters, there's guns, like.
3: Blank ammunition going off. Yeah, it homes. was
2: literally like we were in a war, and I was like, it was just sitting there, just it, like, what is going on right now? And by the way,
3: I am in nothing but boxer briefs. I wish hot out.
2: There.
3: And it is really hot, and I'm sweating so much. And I was like, just don't move, because I just, if I move, my heart rate's going to go up and yeah. start sweating. Well, then we're laying down, and then the military planes go off about 11. They stop at about 11:30. And all of a sudden, while I'm sitting there just laying down, there's an ATV trail right behind where our tent was. And this pickup truck just comes out of nowhere. And it's probably a car links away from our tent. And I pop up fully, like, naked and sweating. <laughs> and this guy looks at it, puts his truck in reverse and just goes right down, back down the trail and reverses his little pickup.
2: And we're not far from a uh, uh, creek.
3: Yeah, I forgot the creek's name. But then right after that, somebody shows up. It was the same
2: truck. And oh. they came around the back way. And they came down the road that we pulled into the campsite. And I guess they were just trying to go night fishing yeah, or something. Yeah, they dragged
3: a metal boat out the back of their truck made so much noise. We didn't get any sleep that much. Yeah, that that's really all great. i got to say. Is it? <laughs> that was wild. But that's it. That's but the next bad. morning,
2: we looked on Google Maps. Turns out there is a military training base not too far from where we were camping. So they were doing <laughs> their training. Which is, I guess, yeah, I That
0: was wild. <laughs> Camping out in the middle of the war games—that's something else, man. Yeah, hey, camping can be a lot of fun. What are you saying, Christian?
4: <laughs> oh no, I was saying yeah, that would be a—that would definitely be crazy a night like that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I tell you something about camping, man. My buddy Jason—he goes kayak fishing with me sometimes. I need to get him on the show because he has a—he has a UFO story about a camping trip he had when he was a kid where his dad and his three other brothers were all witnessing the same thing. And it's scary, man, because they got in their car and drove down the road and uh, left their camping gear, left their tent and everything. There's a green object in the sky that actually followed them down the road. They drove all the way to their uncle's house. They, they, They were too scared to drive all the way home, so they went to the closest person they knew at their uncle's house. And it literally... Floated in the sky above the house for like twenty minutes and then went went away. I mean, it, the way he tells it too, I mean, it's horrifying, and uh, that's pretty interesting. I love hearing camping stories. I have hadn't had any two, you know, big interesting camping stories yet, uh, besides raccoons. It seems like every time I go camping, raccoons raid my campsite. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yep, we've had that. We actually had a friend camp with us one time, and he brought this huge block of butter. I don't know what he was gonna do with this big yeah. stick of butter. It was a block of butter. Yeah. Like well, he had um, a ice chest that kind of velcroed closed, and so I guess they it was right there in the top, and we heard nothing but raccoons all night. They didn't touch none of our stuff, but they like dug into that butter.
3: Yeah, they're all salt were for all that butter. They ate all of. it. They opened the door of that ice chest, yeah. got in there, and ate all the butter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We were at West Harbor camping for the West Harbor, uh, tournament this past summer and raccoons, we, we were drinking one night and, uh, it was the night after the tournament and we ended up leaving a bag of trash outside. We've been good about keeping trash inside the tent or taking it to the dumpster, but we were stupid. we have been drinking. We left trash outside. It was all packed up into a bag. You know, we're pretty clean people, man. I woke up the next morning we were a little bit hungover. It was hot and that trash was scattered everywhere. And we had to clean it all up again, get new trash bags. and they just ripped those trash bags to shreds. And, um, during the night I would wake up and, and holler at them because they would get into fights and like two raccoons would fight over a piece of trash Right outside my tent, and it sounded like they were like trying to kill each other over a piece of food. <laughs> I'm like, shut up, shut up out there! You know, I just wake up in the middle of the night, like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, just yelling at raccoons. <laughs> hey, I
3: got a, i got a friend, and there there's this festival here in Arkansas. I've never been to it because I like to go to bed about nine ten o'clock normally. Yeah. <laughs> but it's called the Flux Festival. It's like some kind of hippy dippy thing. And uh, a friend of mine, he said that. Uh, Actually, it was his girlfriend that was telling me this. She says, oh, yeah, uh, I'll call him Chris. That, it's not his name, but I'll call him Chris. So Chris, uh, and then they're doing their Flux Festival, drinking okay. and having get to get time. Right? No, this is at night. Well, Chris had to go back to camp to get something, and Chris disappears for hours. And everybody's like, where's Chris at? Well, then Chris reappears after two or three hours of being gone. And they're like, hey, man, what's wrong? He's like, oh, man, nothing. Sorry, I just want to take a nap so then after the flux festival starts dying off they go back and they had bago there and something had destroyed the bago bags because they're filled with corn or you know cornhole bags and all yeah. the corn for those bags was scattered everywhere and they're like dude what did you do with all the corn bags and he says oh man i forgot to tell y'all The black bear was in the camp and it just started eating all the things and i just went to the tent and took a nap and just let it do its thing and and they're like, can you came back to the festival and didn't even tell us. Like, <laughs> I just man,
0: that guy—he's just laid back. Let me tell you what. Yeah, you gotta be laid back if you see a black bear is tearing through your tent, your tent, your your camp, and you decide to get in your tent to go to, to go to sleep. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah.
3: That's, <laughs> that's, that's definitely that's laid back.
0: With uh, alcohol. So. <laughs> yeah, alcohol always leads to the bad decisions. Yeah. <laughs> but, you always have a lot of fun, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. You only live
3: once, I guess, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sweet.
0: Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. We'll wrap this up. How can people find you on social media, and uh, how can people buy a uh, clothing line?
2: Uh, so you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, under Dome Life. Our YouTube channel is under Dome Life, and then our website is domelife.camp, C-A-M-P.
3: And that's at the camp uh, C-A-M-P is where you can get all our gear. Oh, and another thing, if anybody's ever in Arkansas and they want to be a part of any of our cleanups that we host, we put those on our social media under the events uh, of our Facebook page. So every single cleanup we host, all the information and preparation for those cleanups are always posted there if you ever want to be a part of one. Come on out.
0: Oh, if I'm ever in Arkansas, guys, definitely like to hook up with you and do some cleaning. I uh, appreciate what you guys do for our trails and for our, our, our waterways. And it's been a real pleasure having you guys on. Um, any shout-outs you want to give? Do you have any sponsors yet? Or?
3: No. Uh, well, we, we have some clo- or local stores that carry our gear. We'd love to shout-out for Rocktown River Outfitters. Awesome. Uh, they're located in downtown Little Rock, and they give guided tours on the Arkansas River on kayaks. Uh, through the city area and then they'll take you into the flood timber plains as well because we have some cypress trees and stuff around there and then uh, North Fork Adventure Supplies off the White River up in North Central Arkansas carries our gear too and they promote fly fishing hiking, mountain biking, kayaking all that up in that region as well so North Fork Arkansas has North Fork Adventure Supplies
0: Wow well, sounds good definitely guys if you're down in Arkansas check them out and uh, check out Dome Life on YouTube. Entertaining videos. This couple—they uh, have a lot of fun. And uh, I'm glad to glad you guys came on the podcast. So Thanks, stay man. tuned, everybody, for the next segment of the podcast. We're going to talk with Waterborne Camper about his. Uh, he's going to do a segment now. I guess about once a month, he's going to come on here and talk about a camping subject. And this is the the best. I think the the perfect episode to start his new segment. Uh, definitely after the interview with Dome Life. So have a good one, guys, and tight lines. Howdy, y'all! Well, I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Dome Life, Cody and Kelly. Interesting couple; they camp all over the the United States and uh, have a very interesting YouTube channel. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, I like getting these YouTubers on the podcast. Uh, being a big YouTube fan myself, uh, I like to. I think they add a lot of content. I think more of our generation are leaning more towards. Watching YouTube and watching YouTube videos over having cable TV. I mean, I don't even have cable or satellite or anything like that. I have streaming services and I have YouTube. And uh speaking of YouTube, we have another YouTuber on tonight. Let me welcome back Corey Morrow from the Waterborne Camper YouTube channel. How's it going, Corey?
5: Great. How are you guys doing?
0: Oh, pretty good, man. We just got done recording the podcast and. You know, we've been talking about camping quite a bit the past few weeks, and um, I asked you a while back if you maybe wanted to come on the show and do a segment maybe once every two weeks, maybe once a month, uh, just about camping, about kayak camping and camping in general. And uh, so this is where we are now. (laughs) So thank you for coming on and doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Welcome to the Yak Legion podcast, man.
5: (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me back
0: awesome so what do you have uh, yeah, prepared so, for us tonight i know you mentioned uh you were going to go over how you prepare some of your kayak fishing or your kayak fishing trips. Yeah. like uh I, you
5: guys got a few questions and i get a lot of questions about how exactly you go about taking a trip like that so let's start going over it uh, i <laughs> thought maybe this week i'd talk about like just the pre-planning of the trip like uh staying safe obviously you you got to know your route where you're going. You should know you're taken, you're put out. And like you said, the last time I was on down there, unfortunately, you got to know ahead of time where you're going to camp probably. A reminder that I'm up here in Canada. I live in a pretty rural area. So when I go kayak camping, there's a lot of times where I can camp pretty much anywhere because I'm either on public land or crown land, what we have here in Canada, or it's just so far out in the woods that I'm not going to come across anybody anyway but down there like you were saying you should know ahead of time probably where you're going to camp so mm-hmm. but that leads me to my next point that you should always file a float plan when you go out i don't know if you guys ever do that just on your uh, fishing trips but you really should Yeah
0: we plan a lot we plan a lot for fishing trips and like where we're yeah. going to camp and where we're going to fish. And we study the lakes, and so I imagine it's a lot of the same thing when you're when you're planning a kayak camping trip is really planning your waters and studying your waters.
5: Yeah, you don't want to run in, like I said the last time, to a big set of rapids that you're not expecting. Maybe a small waterfall or something. But part of that is also that you, sh- if you're going, I find. For safety reasons, if you're going overnight or for multiple nights, you should let at least one person know where you're exactly you're going, where your put in is, where your takeout is. So if you don't happen to come back, people know at least where to go looking for you.
0: Yeah, you get eaten by a bear or something, and you want your significant other oh. to kind of know where basically you were at. And you know, I would just want to add a little story. There was a story of a guy that went um, that went missing. And I heard this in a podcast. It was They were talking to rangers up in Canada. And a guy went missing. He told his wife he was going to go camping. So two or three days later after the camping trip was supposed to have been ended, the guy never did show up. So his wife ends up calling the police, telling them where he was last at in his camping trip. Well, they get to his camping site. They find out where he was. They see his car parked in the parking lot, uh, his tent, and all his gear is still there. But he's missing. So long story short, these guys tracked over what I think it was 12 miles. And what had happened was, is a pack of coyotes, uh, not of coyotes, but wolves had moved in on this guy when he was asleep, uh, either when he was asleep in his tent or he's somewhere at his campsite and they killed him. And they dragged this guy 12 miles through the woods, leaving pieces of uh, pieces of this guy over a 12 mile stretch just a pack of wolves so they dragged they killed this guy and dragged him 12 miles just eating on him and chewing on him oh my and God. Uh, that's a horrible thing for anybody to find so de- <laughs> so definitely let your your wife or your guardian or your your girlfriend know where you're going to camp in case you're mauled by a bear or you know torn to pieces by wolves <laughs> yeah.
5: but yeah i mean that's I find that's a big mistake that a lot of people make with camping. like, you got to let people, somebody know where you are so they can come looking for you. If God forbid something happens, like you guys have probably obviously seen or heard of the 127 hours, that movie, that story. Yeah. Uh, if that guy had just bothered to tell somebody where he was going, that wouldn't have happened to him. So, yeah. Yeah. Same. That with was a like, brutal
0: experience too, man.
5: Yeah. Like, a simple phone call could have saved him from hacking off his arm, so. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that leads me to my next point, uh, satellite phones. I have a Garmin InReach satellite phone. Have you guys ever used a satellite phone?
0: No, but I think they're awesome. uh,
5: They are awesome. I highly recommend them. Uh, You can get them for, I think, about 400 bucks US. And, like, it'll work anywhere. You can get weather forecasts on it. You can... Depending on what plan you get, you can get online with it even. But, like, uh, if I'm out on a multi-day trip by myself and I'm sending messages to my girlfriend, she'll even – the message that she gets even includes a map showing exactly where I am. Wow. So that's super handy.
0: Well, that's great for, like, wilderness, like deep in the wilderness type situations where – you might not have cell signal. You know, there might not be a tower. I know there's places out Wade National Forest out here, and this is the biggest chunk of woods in our state. There's places where there's no cell service. I mean, the, the only way to communicate is through one of those GPS devices. Oh, yeah. Pretty
5: much anywhere that I've gone camping in my kayak, I don't have cell service. So mm-hmm. it's super, it's super helpful. Like I say, you can get the weather. If you're out for multiple days, you, you'd know exactly what's coming your way for weather. That's super helpful. You can stay in contact. You can get GPS readings of exactly where you are. So I highly recommend one of those for anybody that's interested in doing kayak camping or even really spends any time outside, really. They're pretty handy to have.
0: Where'd you get yours? I got mine on Amazon. Okay.
5: Yeah.
0: Get everything off Amazon? That's a dumb question. (laughs) Yeah.
5: Well not right now, but
0: well, yeah. Well, uh, I, yeah. Amazon's it's still nice delivering. Thing. They're still. Uh, my wife just got a package today. <laughs> yeah, true.
5: <laughs> well, anything, anything that's coming from the states, I can't get right now. So.
0: Oh wow, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, but, oh. So going into your next thing what? How else are you planning your trip?
5: Uh, so a question I get
0: a lot is about vehicles. Like,
5: uh, mm-hmm. I've heard you say on your show before something about, uh, paddling back upstream when you're done, but that's not always an option. If you're doing rivers, obviously sometimes the, the current's too strong. You're not going to get back upstream. Yeah. Yeah. So the easiest thing to do, obviously, is if you're going with multiple people to leave one vehicle at the takeout, everybody else go to the the put in and then when you get to the end you shuttle vehicles back and forth but there's also the option if you're lucky enough you can find somebody that will follow you out the date leave and you know some friends or somebody that can take your vehicle back to the takeout point and it's there waiting for you which is what i usually do that's the option i prefer but then last summer i went on a, a five day solo trip and everything went perfect i pulled up on shore the last uh like, my last takeout, and I was like, oh, man, like, knock on wood, everything went really good. I couldn't ask for better weather or anything on this trip, and I walked up over the hill to where my Jeep was waiting for me, and it had a flat tire on it. And I was like,
1: oh, you know, it's like,
5: and I even said to myself, I was like, as long as my Jeep is here, like, it's supposed to be, everything went perfect on this trip, and I walked up over the hill, and I was like, oh, sweet, there it is, and I walked around the other side, and I was like, ah, Son of a bitch!
0: <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you know things like that happen. Well, I went to Gunnersville this year. We went camping and fishing, and uh, my we had a flat tire on the way up, and then his wheel hub went out, and uh, we had to borrow someone else's truck for half the trip. And uh, you can never be you, you can never be completely prepared. I don't think for all the crazy things that happen to you. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, my buddy. He has a trailer that he designed that carries like six kayaks. And so when we would go do river trips, uh, we've only done day trips, but the same thing would work with the overnight trip as he would run our kayaks back and forth with his trailer. And that made things way more convenient, you know, especially if you're going with a group of friends.
5: That's another great option. Yeah.
0: Uh. Yeah. So what other questions do you typically get? Some of your more frequently asked questions
5: uh a lot of it is something we went over last time like really downsides in your weight uh surprisingly you can do a lot of that just with your clothes like yeah. switching fleece instead of wool and polyester instead of again wool wool's not really great to be at wearing camping anyway i find
0: yeah collects
5: too much moisture it's not really
0: all that warm but Wow man, a lot of good information. I know I did a uh, another camping video a few weeks ago where I uh, reviewed my Ozark trails um tent and uh that's, yeah. that thing's been awesome, man. uh what tent are you using? uh like I mentioned last time I
5: have that oh, oh I think it's pronounced tent Yeah no no, sorry that was my uh, sleeping bay. This is Queshua I think it's pronounced this tent it's a pop tent. <laughs> Okay. It, it's really cool it lays flat it's like a big disc when you fold it up i just lay it flat on the back of my kayak and when i get to the campsite because the first few times i went out i took like a traditional tent and after a long day of paddle and you get to the campsite and you're screwing with your tent poles and all that i don't want to do that anymore so this one i literally i pull up on shore i unbungee this flat disc from the back of my kayak I'm like sitting behind me on top yeah. there pull it out of the bag pull the strap off it toss it like a frisbee and it pretty much sets itself up so, <laughs> you oh, couldn't get nice, an man. easier tent <laughs> you really couldn't get an easier tent and after a long day of paddling, that is so nice
0: and oh, another I question that's I had and I thought about this after our episode I recorded with you last time what are you doing about water so Say like you're doing a five-day solo trip. I mean, are you really carrying five days' worth of water, or do you filter your water somehow? Uh,
5: I carry some with me, but I do filter it also. There's a lot of ways you can filter it. I have a bottle that filters water. Sometimes I'll just drink it right out of the river like that. Also, if you, boil it for, if you boil it for a few minutes, usually it's safe to drink as long as there's no big debris in it. You can also get iodine tablets and leave yeah. that... If that takes a few hours. You usually have to leave that overnight, but.
0: But yeah, I, you, just curious.
5: I it, it's a combination of uh, what was that, sorry.
0: No, I was just curious on how you how you did water.
5: Yeah, I do a combination of bringing some with me and filtering it. I'd like to get one of those big, uh, like
0: gravity filter bags that you can hang from a tree or whatever. Yeah, but, I've been looking into those. That. Uh, hikers, those are popular with backpackers and uh, yeah. they seem to do a good job of filtering water. now I have yeah, a life so straw. Um and it's like, man, you could take this life straw and I could stick it in a mud puddle and just suck right through it and it, yeah. it filters the water as it comes through the straw. And uh I think that thing's awesome. It's in my bug out bag right now. But if I ever need it for a camp out for, for a camping trip, I'm definitely gonna take it. Yeah, I
5: have a That's water what bottle what something similar
0: go ahead go ahead
5: question
4: yeah that was what i was gonna ask Corey is if he's seen those or if he uses any of those in his
5: yeah the water bottle i use is the it's a similar concept to the life straw it just has a big filter inside of it and you just you have to really squeeze the water through it but it's the same exact concept as the life straw
0: Wow. So is there anything else anybody needs to take into consideration when planning a kayak fishing trip or, like, a kayaking overnight trip? Uh,
5: Yeah. Like uh, like I mentioned last time, a big way to cut weight is uh, your cook gear, too. Yeah. Uh, you can get special nesting pots, specialty for camping. I'm sure you guys have seen those before. Yeah. I usually just use one of those, like, uh, army metal canteens. It's pretty convenient. You can eat out of it. You can boil water in it. So it's lightweight, it's heavy duty. There's usually lines inside of them that you can measure your water and stuff if you need to for uh, dehydrated food. And food's another big way that you can cut weight, obviously. Do you guys ever? I have a food dehydrator. I don't know if you guys have one of those, but they're super handy to have.
0: Yeah, definitely lighter food, dehydrating fruits and vegetables. I have one I make jerky with. When I kill a deer, I'll dehydrate the meat and um, do deer jerky. Uh, but yeah, that's a good idea, man. Bring bringing more dehydrated for uh, foods because uh, they're a lot mm-hmm. lighter. Especially like you do a five day solo trip. Like, how much food are you packing for five days? Uh,
5: well, like. I'll give you an example. Last, uh, last fall, my girlfriend and I went out for a six-day trip. And on, like, the third day, I think, <clears throat> we used the reflector oven, which is another way you can obviously cut weight, like I talked about last time. You can get things that you're probably going to have a fire anyway, depending yeah. on where you're camping, I guess. But you want to try and take advantage of the fire for cooking, too, so it's less fuel you have to bring. So we have a folding aluminum reflector oven that it's like the size of a sheet of paper when you fold it down it weighs about a pound. You open it, you put it together, set it about a foot away from the fire and it will reflect the heat from the fire through it so it bakes it just like an oven.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: So we brought okay. uh dehydrated burger, carrots, uh potatoes, peas and uh mashed sweet potatoes. Or a, like a bag of uh, sweet, sweet potato, mass sweet potato. <clears throat> so we rehydrated that, put it all together in like uh shepherd's pie, cooked it right beside the fire with the reflector oven, had a huge uh, shepherd's pie that lasted us like two nights for supper. So and all together, like with the oven and the dehydrated food, it was like, I don't know, three pounds worth of stuff. And you got two nights for supper for
0: two people. So. Wow, well, that's good, man. I I definitely want to check out that oven because I'm all about simp sim- simplicity when it comes to camping. Uh, that's why I bring a lot of my cast iron gear. I don't bring a Coleman stove or any propane tanks or anything like that. I like to cook off the fire. At any time you can cook off the fire and save weight is uh is definitely a godsend. Now I know bringing some of that cast iron is kind of out of the question when you're on a kayak. So that that um, oven that you're talking about sounds like something that would really do the trick and save on weight, even you know, because the cast iron's pretty heavy, man. My cast iron skillet, I don't know, the things about ten pounds.
5: <laughs> yeah, cast iron's pretty heavy. Yeah, I see a lot of people online when they go camping uh, use Dutch ovens. I've never used one, but they look <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. But I feel like they're too heavy for me to take in my kayak, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they definitely are. And so before (laughs) we end this here, I appreciate you coming on doing this segment. Like I said, we'll do this once a month. We'll get Corey on here. We'll talk some some uh, kayak camping. So kind of something we've all been dealing with here lately is the coronavirus, The, the panic from the public. Um, people are talking about it's the end of the world. I don't think it's the end of the world, people. I think it's a struggle that we're just gonna have to deal with right now. We're eventually gonna come out of it. It's so like the Spanish flu in the 20s. You know, we came out of that, survived. Um, like the Black Plague. So that kind of leads me to my next question, man. So say the shit really does hit the fan, and you gotta bug out. You're trying to get away from civilization because everyone around you is getting sick. Say the coronavirus mutates, and it mutates into something deadly that just wipes out, you know, uh, three-quarters of the population just overnight or a period of weeks. Say you need to get out in the wilderness, and you're going to take your kayak. What are you bringing with you to survive long-term?
5: Okay, so we talked about that earlier, which got the uh, wheels turning, I guess. That was a very dramatic intro, by the way. (laughs) it <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> sounded like the narration from the beginning of a movie or something but yeah so <laughs> i got thinking about that earlier after you uh mentioned that so i did make a list i wrote down H. the essentials this is what i would bring that i could probably just fit in a backpack let alone if i was just gonna run off into the woods not even if i had chance a chance to take my kayak okay so uh collapsible twig stove i have a tiny little collapsible twig stove that weighs like a quarter of a pound that's in a bag that's like i don't know four inches by four inches or something i would bring that because uh, you need to cook food obviously yeah. along with the reflector oven which i talked about that thing's super handy it's lightweight throw that in my backpack ferro rod for starting fires you gotta have fires bunch of waterproof matches uh some knives lightweight folding saw small hatchet some water tablets and my uh filter water bottle like we just talked about a rain poncho a bug jacket uh, a few solar blankets because you can make a lot of uses out of those things and they're super lightweight so uh my breakdown recurve uh bone arrow that breaks down into three pieces pretty lightweight to probably throw that in a backpack I could make arrows if I really had to because I have the knives. There's lots of trees. Uh, handgun and lots of ammo. <laughs> some dried food, my satellite phone, soap and toothpaste because that's going to be more important in that situation than a lot of people realize.
0: Keeping good uh, hygiene,
5: yep. Extra layers of clothes, some paracord because you can do almost anything you need to do out in the woods with some paracord and little bit of ingenuity and some fishing line and hooks that's what i would throw in a backpack if i had to just run off into the woods or bug out as they say online
0: wow man i have a bug out bag and um it's actually in storage somewhere in this room i i didn't think to get it out but uh i think some of the things are out of it well when i had it all together I had two handguns in it. I had a uh, two forty fives. I had one's a high point. Um, I think Smith and Wesson's my other one. Then I had ammo. I can't remember how much ammo. I had um, chlorine tablets to purify water. My Life Straw. I had a first aid kit, and it's a first aid kit I made out of a, a uh, Altoids can, and it just has basic camping first aid stuff. I had a uh, one of them old snake bite. Um, the snake bite suckers that you used to see at Walmart, the snake bite kits. I got one of those in there. Um, man, what else do I have in there? I used to have some, uh, dried rations some dried NASA rations, but I think those are probably bad by now. I have, um, I definitely have in my first aid kit. I had some, um, some Tylenol, some ibuprofen, which that probably needs to be redone. Now it's probably bad. Um, sorry, everybody. Christian got completely cut, cut off or I was gonna ask him uh what his his setup was but he just sent a text and said he got kicked off the internet he's having technical difficulties but anyway um, um so basic medicine stuff like that I would definitely bring uh, bandages for cuts alcohol uh, peroxide a little bit of that um I know something also I thought would be really important is uh <coughs> my um my traps and I'm talking like uh, rat traps, and uh, I'm not talking about the little mouse traps, i talk about the big Victor rat traps, so many animals you can get with rat traps, gophers, squirrels, um, rats, if you're that desperate, you can eat rats, um, tiny birds, I mean, you can catch all kinds of stuff with that rat trap, you take a little bit of piece of peanut butter or a nut, and you nail it to the side of a tree, you'll catch a squirrel, uh, there's so many things you could do with a rat traps. Um, man what else do I have in there Well I'll tell you what I did I had another Altoids can in there too And I took old jeans Like um, some really old blue jeans And uh, what I did was I cut them up Into little little strips And then I put them into an Altoids can And then I put the Altoids can Into the fire So then that, when you kind of cook That leather material in the Altoids can It creates uh, like a fire Starting material and as soon as that stuff comes out, it's real dry and it's real brittle. And uh, that's what I use for a fire starter. And I'll use a flint and steel. And then I'll use a little bit of that gene material, that fire starter material, to, to kind of jump start my flames.
5: That's really good. Yeah makes me feel like an idiot because I obviously forgot to include a first aid kit in my list.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one, first aid kit. And uh, I got a wife and a daughter that I got to think about too. So bringing extra provisions for them, strapping backpacks onto them. It got me thinking I need to do more bug out bags because when I did my bug out bag, I didn't have my daughter. So I need to redo my bug out bags. I think it's an important thing, man. Because if you're in a situation where... They're not letting you go anywhere. They want us at her house. They want us in her house. They're they got roadblocks on the major highways, all the state roads. I mean, how are you getting anywhere, man? Like, say you run out of food, you run out of supplies. You need to get somewhere with supplies. Um, you're gonna have to, to crawl through the culverts. You're gonna have to crawl through the woods at night. You're gonna have to try to get around these these barricades that the government has out. And that's why a bug out bag is so important, cuz in case something like that happens in this country or anywhere else around the world, it gives you a little bit better chances of survival.
5: Yeah, I've always been pretty interested in like uh, living off the land, what you can use for natural remedies, what plants are safe to eat. Mm. That stuff I really want to do unless you really know what you're doing, but it's super <laughs> information.
0: Springtime is the best time, I think. There's so many natural foods in spring. Morels pop up here in Ohio. Uh, Ramps pop up. There's so many edible plants that are popping up in the spring. Um, like those ferns, um, I forget what they're called. They're called fiddleheads. Yeah, fiddleheads. Uh, you can pop. You can find those in the spring. Um, there's so many things you can eat, and of course, all the life comes back. The fish start biting again. Uh, a lot of the animals are, uh, you know, they're they're coming out of their hibernation. They're getting active again. So I would actually prefer to have this happen sooner than later, <laughs> all right here in the spring, because I'd be more prepared for it. But I think I would do pretty good because I'm a trapper, I'm a hunter, and I'm a fisherman. And I can supply food. Uh, I can use animal hides as toilet paper or clothing. <laughs> you know, the Indians used to use muskrats for baby diapers because muskrat fur is so, so soft. And my, my my little daughter's in diapers still. So what happens when the diapers run out? You know, uh, we definitely get on to potty training her. But um, you could always skin a couple muskrats and use them for diapers. The Shawnee used them for years, you know, hundreds of years They used muskrats for diapers. And uh, Once you feel a muskrat, you understand because it's, it's so soft on your skin. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> but man, you can't survive. <laughs> All right, Corey. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode of Yak Legion's Camping Corner. Uh, check out Corey's uh, YouTube channel at uh, Waterborne Camper, and uh, how else can people follow you on social media, Corey?
5: Yeah, you can also look for Waterborne Camper on Instagram and Facebook. I love chatting with people, so
0: yeah. If you guys have any questions, hit him up, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again, Corey. We'll see you next month, and thanks to everybody for listening. Tight lines.